MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, October 16th, 2019. Today, explosive details emerge from Fiona Hill's testimony yesterday, an update on how Giuliani got paid by pro-Putin Ukraine separatists, Trump suspects John Bolton is behind some of the Ukraine leaks, and the White House did try to limit Fiona Hill's testimony in a stunning back and forth between lawyers. I'm your host, AG, and with me today is Jordan Coburn. Hello. How are you? Well... I mean, yeah. we've had we spent the whole day together. Uh-huh. Like, like I haven't already <laughs> asked you that question. Um, we're in New York. We're at an IAB out front for podcasts. In um, ha- we're like right next to the America One Tower. We're like downtown, right in the edge of the water. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excited for what we're doing tomorrow. It'll be fun. Yes, it will. I think I'm excited to meet Ira Glass. That's probably my favorite yes, part of this I whole keep thing. Forgetting. Yes. Like superhero of mine. Uh, And we are sitting here waiting in our hotel room for Nancy Pelosi to step out and say something about whether or not she's going to do an impeachment vote. So the the TV is in my eyesight, uh, my line of sight. So, yeah, they're breaking up CNN's eight hour clock countdown for the debates with two hour clock countdowns for Pelosi's statement. (laughs) It's just a lot of countdowns. Every time they're like, any minute now, Wolf Blitzer, any minute now, breaking Pelosi's going to come out. It's been like an hour. We're like, let's just record. Um, so we do have a lot of stuff to get to today. There is a lot of news. Uh, we are on the road, so, um, you know, bear with us with the sound in here. This isn't uh, built like our podcast studio at home, but we'll do our best for you. And, um, we should, we had some nice room service. Oh yes, we did. Salmon. Salmon. Put, slap put that sl- salmon on that slap slice. Slap a slice of salmon on that slice. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so hard. Thank you for your pizza suggestions. Also, I got those on Twitter, everyone. Ah, yes. We'll probably try something out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. It's going to be good. Mm -hmm. And then we come home Thursday. So we'll, you know, we'll see you uh, on the mic. Uh, Probably all three days. But just in case, um, we just want to let you know where we're at. So we do have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. Okay, so remember when Trump and the Inquirer conspired with Michael Cohen to pay off Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels? Yes. And then that case was handed off from Mueller to the Southern District Mm -hmm. of New York. And then Barr was appointed. And then we learned that that case was Mm -hmm. closed right around the time Barr got there. Uh, And then a judge released all the Cohen warrants. He was like, oh, well, if you're going to close this case, I'll just release all the Cohen warrants. That seems to be what judges do when cases don't get closed to their satisfaction. Right. Is they're like, well, I'll just release a bunch of documents. Yeah, when they don't think the public has learned what they are owed. Yes, I think so. So they released those in, in, in the interest of transparency. Then the Manhattan District Attorney, Cy Vance, and the Major Economic Crimes Unit in New York picked up the case on the state level. And then Vance subpoenaed eight years of Trump's tax returns from Mazars as part of the investigation. And then Trump sued to block him from getting them. Uh, so that's where we are with that now. And this is different from the Mazars case that the House Dems have filed mm-hmm. with oversight. This is this. And then this is the state, New York State, Cy Vance. <clears throat> well, a judge ruled and Trump lost. Trump appealed it and then issued a stay, temporarily blocking Mazars from handing over the materials until the end of arguments on October 23rd. Uh, well, Trump is asking for that stay to remain in place until the appeal is settled, basically. So the current order says that the stay ends as soon as arguments end, which means Trump would have to ask for another stay if he wanted to appeal it again to the SCOTUS or to and bonk to higher court, whatever it is. Um, and that's so Trump is now asking for it for just a stay to go until it's totally resolved. Mm-hmm. So that and it's gone up to the highest court that he's going to take it to. Right. Yeah. Until it's totally over and he's lost all beyond all hope. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to stay in place until then. I uh, we we until, I don't know. Yeah. Until he's been like knocked to the ground and his hun- like underwear has been pulled up and over his head and everyone's laughing at him. He is the ultimate yeah. Mazar's wedgie. That is the only time he will stop. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he's asked for that. I'm not sure if he'll get it. It seems not that far-fetched to be request yeah to be like 
look, just stay the thing until it's settled. But because, you know, right now it's it's uh, October 23rd is when the stay ends. And yeah, um, I think if he asked for another another one, he would get it anyway. And I kind of want to make him go through that motion. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but that did come up. That was a filing in that case, in the Cyvans case today. I wonder, well, if the judge can put like impose any sort of time limits on it or something like you sure i'll grant you that but everything need or or at least your side needs to prove that they're doing their due diligence to get this done in as quick a manner as possible because all they do is delay yeah oh i mean that's their whole defense yeah is that some do you know if that's something that judges will do i mean i guess they give them deadlines all the time for stuff but if they're going to like another court I don't know if they can really impose any of that. Yeah, they might not. They might be like, look, I can't grant a stay in another in a different court. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe he could do a stay. Maybe the judges could do a stay if it stays in if he appeals it and bonk, you know, and it stays in that court. But if it goes to SCOTUS, they might say, they might say you need to ask SCOTUS for a stay at that point. I'm just not familiar enough. Uh, this is all sort of uncharted territory. Uh, and I'm not a lawyer, right? <laughs> and it's not like Same. I was. It's not like I was following up on charted territory for years leading up to this. It's just so brand new. Yeah, I think whenever uh, I don't, I don't think I ever learned a very detailed. I just didn't learn about the courts very much. Yeah, no, I mean neither. I mean, school, I, I knew that there was that or branch. College. Yeah, I, I knew that it was a branch of of checks and balances, a co-equal branch of government, but I didn't know about. The federal court system versus the state court system versus the uh, appeals court system and then scout like the whole sort right. of rank. Right. Yeah. I think I've always been familiar with what those what those things are and then f- how they function, but not systematically, not not to the, de- the degree of how long can you, you know, effectively delay a case by going through all of these different channels and what does that look like? How do you put limits on that? So it's it's it's, it's basically like court filibustering. Yeah. yeah. Just continuing to appeal over and over again. Yeah. Or due process. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it's like if you asked me five years ago, if, you know, the Southern District of New York, uh, where's that in the court system? I'd be like, I don't even know what you're mm-hmm. talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But now I know exactly where it's situated. What, like I know the judges that are on the panel. Uh, I know how many of them are Trump appointees. I know, you know, and then in the appellate court, which, you know, it would go to the second circuit mm-hmm. because it's New York. Uh, and then that would go to SCOTUS. And it's, so I, I'm familiar with, um, that stuff. Yeah. And, and when I say like the end bonk panel, I mean the second circuit in the appeals court, which is up higher. But five years ago, I'd have been like, oh. Yeah. No idea what you're talking about. Somebody got indicted. Cool. It mm-hmm. was either federal or local. That was all. They I need knew. to make like baseball cards for kids, but with judges on them. That'd be badass. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Be like, this is sassy Jackson. <laughs> this is sweet sassy <laughs> Molassi, <laughs> appointed by Jimmy Carter. Yeah. <laughs> this is Judge Reggie Walton, mm-hmm. veteran judge. He's been there forever. Yes. Their special power is. Are you sure do you want to do that? Have you thought about treason? <laughs> and I release documents if you close cases. I don't want you to close. <laughs> yes. <laughs> In the, in, the, in the public interest. Yeah. Someone did give us trading cards for the Mueller investigation. Yeah, that was really cool. That was Somebody cool. made trading cards for us. I yeah. liked them. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd be fun for judges. Uh, let's see here. Next story. It's becoming increasingly clear that none other than John Bolton may be behind at least some of the leaks coming out of the White House that aren't from the whistleblower or the two whistleblowers or multiple now. So, for example, we learned from an anonymous official or anonymous officials that there are at least one Putin call and one Mohammed bin Salman call stashed away in that code word classified nice system. And we learned about additional things Trump said in that Oval Office meeting in 2017 with Lavrov and Kislyak, the one where he gave away Israeli intelligence about ISIS in Syria. Uh, And that's also memorialized in that classified system. So those are details that only folks at the top levels of National Security Council would be privy to because that's what that nice system does is it limits the amount of people who can see or have access to those reports, memos and transcripts. So folks like John Bolton and Fiona Hill, for example, Dan Coates, Sue Gordon, names that uh, have not been invoked for testimony thus far, except for Fiona Hill. But an op-ed in The Washington Post 
uh, by Jennifer Rubin brings up a couple of really great points. First, many of the news reports citing formal officials seem to contain exculpatory statements about John Bolton. <laughs> so like how he objected to Rudy's shadow foreign policy on Ukraine or how he opposed halting military aid to Ukraine. Those kind of statements are signals that he's behind those news stories. Anything exculpatory or exonerate, uh, you know, that exonerates um or lauds John Bolton in any way. It's probably a story from John Bolton. Mm -hmm. He's probably the source. Uh, and that's, a, that's interesting because I never thought about that before. And when they say anonymous sources from now on within the white house, I'm going to start looking for positive exculpatory or exonerating things about people in that article and be like, ah, ah that's who wrote that. Yeah. Or at least people that are close to them. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Daily Beast reported Tuesday that Trump suspects Bolton is behind some of the Ukraine leaks as well. And those according to people close to the president and their casual conversations. Like at one point, one of those friends uh, recalled Trump had guessed that Bolton was behind one of the anonymous accounts that listed uh, the former national security advisor as one of the top White House officials most disturbed by the Ukraine scandal. So those are just some hints that that Bolton is behind a lot of these mm -hmm. uh, leaks. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not behind the Putin call that's on the um, the nice code word classified server. I think that there was a call in December with either Putin or Erdogan about pulling out of Syria and it, fl it freaked Bolton out. Uh, and so I think he knows, and I think that that's where I put my, I would put my beans on that. Yeah. Well, he could just file a whistleblower complaint. And that is why I said on Twitter today, before you all start fluffing his stash, uh, Bolton is not a hero. Right. He didn't come forward with any of this. Yeah. Do more. Fiona Hill outed him. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the real patriots. <laughs> Fiona Hill, who testified Monday to three committees uh, over 10 hours and reported to John Bolton, testified that Bolton had gone ballistic in that meeting between Bolton, Rick Perry, Sundland, and Volcker. And that's the one where Sundland inferred that <laughs> Ukraine needed to reopen its uh, investigations into the Bidens. He also yeah. testified... Go ahead. I just say, I just imagine such a hacky like impression of a cartoon Southern man with a giant-ass mustache. Just like... <laughs> Yeah, whenever that face is. I'll say. It's like uh, I have too short of an upper lip to do that. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Mixed with a foghorn leghorn. Yes. I'll say. Yes. Now what's happening here? Just fury, just red in the face from all of the <laughs> tea at the horse track, or all the mint whatever, juleps, or the sun. What am I saying? The tea and the sun. <laughs> At the mint and juleps at the triple crown. Yes, exactly. Oh, everybody just slow down. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, Hill, Fiona Hill testified that Bolton referred to Giuliani as a hand grenade who's going to blow everybody up. And he declared, oh, by the way, that's not what you use hand grenades for, <laughs> but okay. Uh, Wait, what do you use them for? You throw them at other people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you yes. don't just pull the pin and let it sit around oh, the right. office where you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tend just to like send it. across the road kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You want to send it away from yourself. Yes. There's too many walls in an indoor workspace for mm -hmm. grenades. I think. It would be ricocheting in your face. I think I know what he meant. I think he meant ticking time bomb, but that's, you know, that's okay. <laughs> um they're not good with axioms at the white house with you know cocked and loaded is not a thing anyway yeah especially because anything that giuliani does definitely is going to also blow himself up because he's such an idiot <laughs> he true. he does not throw his bombs he totally just lights himself on fire and like somehow people are attracted to run into the flames <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely kamikazeing the entire White House right now. Mm -hmm. um, and another thing, so he's a grenade that could blow everybody up. And Bolton said, I'm not part of whatever drug deal Sunland and Mulvaney are cooking up. Um, those kinds of statements corroborate the notion that the investigation into the Bidens was not part of U.S. policy. And that's important to note. Mm -hmm. uh, now, again, don't get me drug wrong. Drug deal. <laughs> drug deal. Freaking Reagan douche. <laughs> yeah i think Every, drug dealers bad is drugs <laughs> I, I think drug correct me if i'm wrong but drug deals are quid pro quos aren't, aren't they i think so <laughs> in the most literal sense yes okay yeah here's a quaalude that's that's the quid <laughs> pro quo money money that's hard <laughs> i don't know but yeah you got it you yeah got it. Uh, and like I said, don't get me wrong. Biden's a dick or Bolton is a dick, not Biden. Um, Biden's a dick too, but I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but, to be determined, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, he's, he seems like a s sweet man. 
anyway, Bolton is a dick. He's not a hero. Um, and Jennifer Rubin tends to agree, reminding us that he didn't direct Hill to testify, nor did he go to the FBI to blow the whistle, like you said, Jordan. He didn't resign until weeks later after this call went down, and he hasn't said anything publicly, but he could. Um, I never in a million years thought I'd be kind of agreeing with Bolton, uh, but he was also pretty livid about the Syrian troop withdrawal, both now and back when Trump tried to do it in December, as I mentioned earlier. And, and again, I can't help but wonder if that Trump-Putin call in the code word classified system was leaked to the press, um, if that was Bolton having mm-hmm. knowledge of Trump promising Putin uh, a Syrian withdrawal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Put some beans on it. We'll see. Yeah. Come through, Bolton. <laughs> he has to now. There's still, yeah, yeah. I don't think he has a choice now. That's true. All right, we'll be back with uh, more on Fiona Hill's testimony. After these messages, we'll be right back. This episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by our friends at Beta Brand, who are busy making the most amazing, comfortable pair of pants ever, the Dress Pant Yoga Pants. They have multiple styles in a wide array of colors and patterns, including wide leg, skinny, straight leg, crop. They have eight pocket pants and premium denim. All, again, dozens of styles, colors, and, colors and patterns. They're always coming up with new designs. You can crowdsource them, too. My new obsession is the eight pocket pants, because then I don't have to carry a purse, and that's especially helpful when I'm traveling. Uh, I also have the straight leg and the crop, all in black, because that's just me. And I take them everywhere with me uh, every trip I go on because they pack and travel wonderfully. Um, They're as comfortable as yoga pants, but with dressy details like real buttons, belt loops, real pockets, and faux zippers. And they're made of four-way stretch pont knit fabric that feels amazing. Um, So I can travel in them uh, on the plane, go to business meetings, go to cocktail hour. I wear them with heels or flats. They're very versatile. They're comfortable. And they're perfectly stretchy. I absolutely love these pants. But before Beta Brand, I used to get my suiting at that one store we all go to. But I'd always have to get the pants tailored. They didn't move. They didn't breathe. They had itchy tags. And then you pull the tag out and then you get a hole in the seam it's just and then you have to sew it up just enough i was constantly aware of how uncomfortable i was and i couldn't focus on my work and that's why i started wearing beta brand stress pant yoga pants my mind is never on how uncomfortable i am and that's really priceless but visit betabrand.com slash beans all lowercase to get 20 20 percent off priceless 20 <laughs> percent off your pair today millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work that's betabrand.com b-e-t-a-b-r-a-n-d.com slash beans all lowercase to get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. You'll be really glad you did. All right, we learned late Monday that the Dems had actually subpoenaed Fiona Hill just prior to her testimony. Before that, it was just a voluntary deposition. Mm -hmm. And uh, that Republicans had scolded the Dems in that hearing, saying they were being overly aggressive jerks and that it was a voluntary testimony and they should be ashamed of themselves, due process, blah, 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 uh, because the White House said it waived executive privilege for Hill. However... In letters obtained late Monday night by NBC written between White House counsel and Hill's attorney, tell a very different story. We learned late Monday night after Hill testified, this is after she testified, that the White House did try to limit her testimony in a letter from White House counsel to Hill's attorney by invoking executive privilege in four areas. The four areas they told her she couldn't talk about were direct communications with the president, diplomatic communications, which is everything Uh, she does, um, meetings with other heads of state, Uh, everything that she does and staffing the president uh which staffing the president had on calls with foreign heads of state she didn't want anyone to tell who was on that ukraine call but she knows uh and so does the whistleblower so i don't even know what he's talking about but hill's lawyer wrote back in an awesome letter explaining that executive privilege doesn't apply to shit the president has already said or released to the public which is pretty much everything in this case yeah another way trump shot corroborating your own words yeah yeah he released the call at least a memo of it um, that means it's public knowledge. It's no longer covered by executive privilege. Another way Trump shot himself in the foot by releasing that memo. Uh, Hill's lawyers also reminded White House counsel in case they had forgotten that executive privilege disappears when there's crimes or government misconduct. You don't get to claim it. Mm-hmm. So that's the lawyer saying you committed a crime. We don't have to not talk about that. Yep. That's pretty damning right there. That is. And that tells us where Fiona Hill is at, too, if yep. that's what her counsel is saying. Yep. And then coupled with Swalwell coming out of the Fiona Hill testimony going, the, the president committed crimes, extortion and bribery. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, I want to know more about what she said. Ugh. 
we'll hear though i mean the whole point of an impeachment is for us to hear about it so we'll 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 know at some point uh it's gonna be so exciting then the white house wrote back saying there's no such thing as impeachment or whatever (laughs) but uh but hill told her tale anyway she was like f you i'm not covered this isn't executive privilege none of this is covered by executive privilege you can't invoke executive privilege and she went and she testified for 10 hours 10 plus hours and part of her testimony was that bolton told her the chief lawyer of the nsc um well so after this meeting um basically what happened was i'll tell you what went down in this meeting in a little more detail but bolton came up to fiona hill and said go tell the nsc general counsel what you've seen and heard here and that's uh, a guy named oh what's his name eisenberg but uh here's basically what happened um she she told Congress at one point she confronted Sondland about what he was doing because Ukraine didn't fall under his purview. So this is just a little bit before that. She's like, what are you doing with all this Ukraine shit? It's not yeah, even under your EU. thing. But Sondland told Hill he was in charge of Ukraine. And when she said, according to who, he what? said the president. What? Yeah, that's what Sondland said. Maybe uh, the president thought EU stands for Ukraine. <laughs> ukraine wait wait you mean it doesn't mean ukraine shit Uh uh-oh well well uh, that makes sense everybody go home don't worry about it your jurisdiction is now the european union and ukraine (laughs) ukraine um and i'm glad her testimony europe ukraine that's what he thinks it stands for (laughs) ukraine starts with an e Uh, I'm glad her testimony came before Sondland's, which is Thursday, because she had a lot to say about him. And Sondland is expected to testify that he isn't aware of any quid pro quo. He just takes the president's word for it. Um, And he'll be telling Congress that Trump told him to tweet the no quid pro quo thing to Bill Taylor in those released text messages. If he tells Congress he really doesn't believe there's a quid pro quo, that's just lie. That's just a lie. And I'm certain there are more text messages. We've actually heard there's been reporting that there are more text messages than the ones we've seen. And that could corroborate that, that he's very aware of this quid pro quo. I expect Sunland to be indicted for a thousand and one before this is all over. Lying. Mm hmm. Uh, but the more the dramatic meeting, here's the meeting um, uh, that Fiona Hill testified about. July 10th, um, this is 15 days before the call, this meeting in Bolton's office with two Ukrainian officials, Volker, Sunland, and Rick fucking Perry. Uh, I, it was supposed to be a meeting about tech assistance to Ukraine's National Security Council. The Ukrainians wanted to set up a meeting between Trump and Zelensky, but Bolton wasn't keen on committing to the idea, which agitated Sunland who then let slip there would be a meeting if Ukraine opened investigations. Oh, my God. How do you let that slip? (laughs) So here's Sundlin offering a quid pro quo to Ukraine. You can have a meeting with the president Uh if you agree to open investigations. So Mm -hmm. now it's not just White House visits and aid, military aid. It's the call itself was conditioned on saying that they would open investigations. Plural investigations, meaning Burisma, Biden, and... The 2016 DNC. election. Yeah. So that's the meeting we mentioned earlier where, Bol- where Bolton went ballistic because everyone knew what investigations Sondland was referring to. And on the way out the door, Sondland told everyone, I want to c- continue the meeting with the Ukrainians and discuss next steps in a different room. At which point Bolton pulled Fiona Hill aside and said, go to that meeting. Tell me everything they say. And when she got there, Sondland was talking about Burisma and the Bidens with the Ukrainians. And Hill tried to break up the meeting and asked Sondland why he'd be talking to them about that. And at some point, Sondland mentioned Giuliani being involved in discussions about a call between Trump and Zelensky. Um, That testimony lines up perfectly with the text messages that were released between Sondland and Volcker. So now it's starting to sound like Giuliani was, you know, yes, a White House visit for Zelensky. And yes, military aid is hanging on whether you open these investigations. But now it sounds like Trump, the call itself Mm -hmm. was being set up by Giuliani Mm -hmm. through this shadow um, foreign policy. You can't even have the phone call unless you say yes to these investigations. Now we have a third thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what it reads like to me. Nobody's talking about this. Maybe I'm crazy. But Hill then reported all that craziness to Bolton. She went and told Bolton. Uh, who told her to tell John Eisenberg, that's the deputy White House counsel and the chief legal advisor for National Security Council. Eisenberg told Hill he'd send it up the chain, presumably to Pat Cipollone. No one knows if he did, but we do know that the ICIG called Eisenberg to corroborate the whistleblower complaint, which he did. Eisenberg did because Eisenberg was the guy who suggested that 
we got to put everything in this super secret code word system. Sending it up to Cipollone, though, that's kind of the same thing like trying to go directly to the White House when you have a whistleblower complaint. Yeah. Why would you go to his own counsel when the entire concern is based on more or less his behavior, or at least behavior that's being directed by him, unless they truly believed it was just Giuliani and they're going to send that information to him and he's going to be like, uh-oh, I guess <laughs> Giuliani's doing bad stuff, guys. Whoa. Well, let's look into Who this, dude. Yeah, we don't want any sketchy people on our team. Yeah, and no one went, we're not paying him, who's paying him? No one went that, no one thought that. Mm-hmm. It just, it seems a little off. Mm-hmm. So I can't tell if I Paying Eisen, Giuliani to do that work, that uh, lobbying work? Or, or just that nobody in or, the White House, you know, if he was rogue, that nobody cared or knew. Yeah. Um, it, it's everyone clearly cared. And so I'm wondering if Eisenberg is a good guy or a bad guy. Because Eisenberg apparently was some, one of the White House lawyers, the whistleblower said, let's put it all in this system. That could be a way to preserve it. Right. Yeah. When you said that, actually, my knee-jerk reaction was, oh, that sounds like a sketchy thing to do. It sounds like a sketchy thing to do. And it might have been a sketchy thing to do to, to limit the number of people who see it. Yeah. But it could have also been a way to preserve it. Right. Right. That and also... I guess the third option would be he just believes in going through a thorough assessment of the facts and to preserve it would allow them to do that, you know, in the best way possible. Because Eisenberg cooperated with the ICIG Mm -hmm. and said, yeah, the whistleblower's right about this, this classified code word system. Uh, I mean, wouldn't it be amazing if Eisenberg was like, fuck, this is crazy. What do we do with this? And the decision to put it in the code word classified system wasn't to hide it, but was to preserve it. Mm -hmm. And he didn't go to Cipollone for the reasons that you mentioned and instead suggested that somebody file a whistleblower complaint. He could be a a totally good guy. Mm -hmm. And we wouldn't. I just don't know. He could also Mm -hmm. be a complete dick who's like, let's hide this shit. And then when he got caught, he told the truth. Yeah. I feel like. So many of these players, too, that have, you know, I mean, lesser positions, but clearly they're still very influential. I fail to see what they would directly benefit, like in what ways they would they would benefit from all of this stuff, which which leads me to believe that they would be more inclined to be serving justice as a principle instead of Trump himself. But I don't know. Trump obviously is a guy that makes promises to people left and right. So, yeah, true. And um he does make so many promises. He still owes so much money to so many states for mm-hmm. his stupid campaign rallies. Just that one thing. Um, but the Eisenberg thing, it's if he testify, I'm sure he'll testify. I think, I think he might already be scheduled. I have to double check my notes. But he to ask him, who told you to put these in the classified server and why did you do it? That, I think, is going to be a key point to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Because if it was... Trump directing them to put it in there to hide it from people. That's one thing. If he says, I put it in there to preserve it, that's a totally different show altogether. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are these... So it is multiple people put multiple correspondences into the system, right? Yeah. That this was, is only a specific... That was actually my next question, too. Okay, it it yeah. might have been known by then that that's just where you put crazy shit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well, I mean, in a in an alternate universe, I kind of understand if they they have a place where while well, things are under review, you know, and it's kind of at a very sensitive level, they want to keep it somewhere. Maybe that's verging on sketchy still. Yeah, you're still but, not supposed to use a classified system to do that for yeah. unclassified information. Yeah, that's it's it's actually a violation of the law. All right. <laughs> you're like yeah okay but, i mean but you know you i might, believe that you might be in a situation like if, if it comes out like we really need to keep this conversation under wraps well why is it because if there's classified national security information in it or is it because you broke the law right on the call yeah i guess i'm thinking if this scenario if, if they truly think that they need to review this material and this circumstance and see what happened with it being equally possible that Trump was acting corruptly or Trump was not acting corruptly, that maybe putting it in this system is effectively kind of putting all of the the chaos on hold just for a little bit. Just put like put it on ice? Kind of. Yes, yeah, let's, let's just put this on ice until we can examine it further and, and not... Uh, because it's it looks so bad. But then again... Why don't you just do what Giuliani and Lev uh, Parnas and Fruman did and just make a little system called Fraud Guarantee Yeah, <laughs> where, you keep, where you keep all your crimes. Yeah. 
because <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like maybe you just create a new system for those kind of things but the, these kind of things are crimes right so it's like you there shouldn't be a system right for them in the first place where would yeah like where would that correspondence go while it was kind of under review that's legal that's like a good place to Since, put it that's gonna protect them from truly the chaos of the media that was going to surround it as soon as it came out at all since the correspondence shouldn't have existed yeah it's hard to say it's hard to be like where do you put those kind of calls it is you don't make those kind of calls right you know what i mean right you just don't have those kind of calls yeah maybe if you bump into somebody at a g20 and say have a little side conversation or whatever but you still would need especially if it's not an ally you need to have a translator there and a note taker and your staff and you need to be prepped on it you need to make sure what they're saying to you i mean putin is a kgb motherfucker he will you know have he he can get into your mind and like warp it in 10 different ways in 14 seconds and you yeah. won't even know what happened to you so and, and that's probably you know is borne out in all of the compromise they have on donald trump mm-hmm and people like him. So it's it's just like that that call shouldn't have existed in the first place. So right. trying to figure out what to do with it after it happens, especially if you're in the White House, you know. Yeah, it was so blatantly wrong too if you were listening into it at all. Like, oh, yeah. okay, and red flags all over scrambled. that call. Not okay. Yeah. There was panic yeah. in the White House like what do we do now? Yeah, like, exactly. Who do I tell? What do I do? I bet part of the people are thinking, let's just put it in here because no one will ever learn. <laughs> and other people are like, let's just put it in here because people cannot learn. And we'll try to continue on and like maybe get him to stop doing these things. Because he definitely people, I mean, people like Bolton, right? And these these kind of like semi-rational thinking types in very specific scenarios i guess not bolton so much but others like mattis or tillerson yeah i'm more thinking just with how he's thinking on this one issue that we're reporting on this is this is the first time yeah gordon right like you said you're surprised that you're agreeing with bolton this is like the first time he's seemed to express any sort of sentiment that seems even remotely in the range yeah, of what we would and i really only right. believe with the i really agree with the action the, the intent behind it i don't agree with i think it's just a dick who's a dick to another dick for being a yeah. dick you know yeah totally fair yeah so any of those other people that we think are rational thinkers to some degree like dan Coats, and, and just you know we're there trying to stick it through for the republican party which they for some reason are still believing in and sticking by and trying to save or for the office which, office of the presidency mm-hmm. for the decorum of the office for the public to good what they might consider to be the public good yeah that's true they're not even like party elected officials yeah Ugh, it's just a mess guys yeah. we'll, we'll be right back in just a second uh, breathe <laughs> here comes an ad It's been tough sleeping lately. I'll be honest with you. There are days when anxiety and stress from the news and the current events just keeps me awake at night. No matter what I take or what I do, sleep just eludes me. But finally, I tried Calming Comfort by Sharper Image. It's a weighted blanket. It's incredible. It's super soft and it helps you relax so you can fall asleep and stay asleep naturally. Calming Comfort is a high density comfort fill to provide exactly the right amount of weight to help relax your body. It mimics the soothing feeling of being hugged for less stress and a restful night's sleep. It's made with super soft velveteen material, the podcasts love, and it's designed to promote a sense of calmness and slow your mind down so you can relax and wake up feeling refreshed. It's 100% machine washable and dryer safe, which is important for me. Convenience is a big thing for me. And it also makes a great holiday gift, fitting anyone on your gift giving list who does not know someone who can benefit from a better night's sleep. And for your walking around time, they have a thermocomfort wrap. It's a neck and shoulder wrap that instantly calms and relaxes you with deep pressure therapy. The clay beads provide the perfect amount of pressure and they relax the muscles in your neck and shoulders. Uh, I love mine. Um, I love my uh, comforter and I sleep like a baby. It helps. It Again, it calms my mind. It slows my mind. It calms my thoughts so I can relax and fall asleep naturally. So I'm not trying to put myself to sleep. It's really wonderful. And my thermocomfort wrap melts my stress away, especially when I heat it up in the microwave in the autumn i love it it's like a warm gentle hug um the calming comfort weighted blanket comes with a 90 day anxiety free stress free best night's sleep of your life guarantee from sharper image right now just for our listeners you can go to calmingcomfortblanket.com and use promo code dailybeans at checkout to receive 15 percent off the displayed price again that's calmingcomfortblanket.com promo code dailybeans and because you can't put a price on a great night's sleep go online now at calmingcomfortblanket.com and use promo code dailybeans for your special discount today you'll be glad you did From Reuters and the Washington Post, it appears Giuliani was paid $500,000 last year by Lev and Igor uh, 
the fraud guarantee place that yeah. we'd already reported on fraud guarantee. Now we have an His amount. His clients. Now we have an amount, $500,000. Uh, I mean, just listen to this very real and very true sentence. The president's personal, personal attorney, the one that isn't in prison, was paid <laughs> half a million dollars by pro-Putin Ukrainians through a shell company to create a shadow foreign policy in an attempt to discredit U.S. intelligence agencies and to help Trump break the law. Mm-hmm. That is a real statement. Mm-hmm. We last reported that Giuliani wasn't sure if he was paid by fraud guarantee because he said he wasn't sure if it was fraud guarantee. But Monday night, he told the Washington Post he's confident the money he received was from fraud guarantee. Quote, I know exactly where the money came from. I knew it all the time. I will prove beyond any doubt it came from the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, I'm sure Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman got all their money legitimately from hard work in the United States and not from Fertosh in, in Vienna. Not at all. Uh, but the payment of $500,000 came right as Giuliani started working with Parnas and Fruman to dig up dirt on Democrats in Ukraine. And the money that was funneled into Trump's campaign also came from fraud guarantee or mm, no? No, I think that came from a different. Do we know where that came from? Yeah, I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I don't um, remember. Uh, it, it might have come from fraud guarantee, but I don't. I don't. I think fraud guarantee was set up to pay Giuliani. But there is, if you look at that Southern District of New York little flow map thing, three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars came from Parnas, uh, Parnas and Fruman's company. I think it was a different LLC. Okay. Into because fraud fraud guarantee is their company though. Yeah, that. But that's yeah. a, a firm that. A different shell company. Yeah, I think it's a different <laughs> shell company. I'm pretty sure um, that this other company made the $325,000 payment to Trump inaugural and then committee one, that super PAC, not Trump inaugural, super PAC. It was a Trump super yeah. PAC. And that super PAC made like $3 million of donations to uh, Pete Sessions. And then more money went from them to Pete Sessions. Mm-hmm. And that was all funded by Fertosh. Mm-hmm. That was funded by Fertosh. So there's, Through these shell companies. Yeah. Or so there, shell company. There's no reason to believe that Fertosh wasn't also funding Fraud Guarantee yeah. to pay Giuliani to do this work. Yeah. <clears throat> because I don't, I, where else are Lev and Igor getting their money? Mm-hmm. It's all coming, I think, from Fertosh. Those are beans, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rudy's going to have two choices. Either, either he broke the law by orchestrating this all by his lonesome rogues. <laughs> Or Trump told him to do it. Um, We already know Trump asked Ukraine himself for investigations into Biden and committed criminal extortion when he withheld military aid and White House visits and even phone calls now in exchange for those investigations. Trump himself released the phone conversation and the whistleblower complaint that corroborates it. He released it himself. So incidentally, Parnas and Freeman have not yet entered a plea. I imagine prosecutors are telling them they have they face 20 to 40 more years uh, in prison, uh, like for charges on bank fraud, wire fraud, computer fuckery, conspiracy against the United States, FARA violations, stuff like that. And I think they're trying to flip them, mm-hmm. saying we're going to charge you with all this extra totally. stuff. Yeah, totally. That makes sense because they only got one count for for like each of those categories, right? No, they uh, they didn't get any of those. The, the only count that they got with the, was the straw donation campaign finance violation damn i thought i saw three different charges listed for some reason when the initial article came out i'll have to look yeah i didn't read the actual document though so i trust you um but potentially because i remember looking at those three things and those are even limited because all they address is the funneling of foreign money into trump's campaign basically okay whereas there's clearly going to be more connections to this ukraine gate thing which is going to come with a bunch of other charges like you said so yeah so they're either going to flip or they'll have superseding indictments yeah totally on the topic of giuliani just being like a rogue actor doing this on his own you know sometimes i wonder like I don't know. You've had a day job when you're trying to impress your boss. You're like, I got some extra time. I'll do a social media post. I'll make a pretty graphic. I'll send it to him, see what he thinks. Maybe it's something like that. But I doubt it knowing Trump's history of, of how he of how he like seems, unless he's just constantly hiring people that are just overachieving criminals. And yeah. you can just trust that in their, their downtime of other crimes, they'll, they'll craft up other schemes. Other crime downtime? Yeah. <laughs> other crime downtime. Yeah. All of his morning, all of his morning briefings are just like, all right, so what, uh, what extracurricular crimes are you guys working on? Let's see. Extra credit for the biggest douche in the room. Extra crime, n- crime regulars. Uh, yes. Extra crime regulars. <laughs> That's terrible. Got me into Harvard. And you know, and you know, the best part of this whole thing is when Giuliani tried to downplay the $500,000 amount saying that's nothing some of our contracts are like two or three million dollars it's like oh really like what mm-hmm. what do you what are mm-hmm. what it, what are you helping pay two or three million dollars of putin backed ukrainian money with what is it let us know mm-hmm. 
dumbass. <laughs> God. Um, as expected, Jordan. Yes. The sanctions threatened by Trump uh-huh. uh, on Turkey. On Turkey, yeah. Laughable. Uh, at first, when they were warning um, uh, about the sanctions, the Turkish lira took a hit. But when the actual sanctions came, the lira fully recovered as well as Turkey's bond and stock markets because they learned Trump was not sanctioning Turkish banks. And on on the ground, Turkey is completely ignoring Trump's call for a ceasefire uh, and his feeble, flaccid sanctions. They're totally ignoring. They're still going. What do the sanctions entail at all? Um, a threat that they would stop trade talks, a threat that he would increase the steel uh, tariff back to 50% to where it was before, and a couple of individuals were sanctioned. For just none... No banks. None of, no banks. No, no financial institutions. Which, and all of those threats are just threats. Yeah. Nothing's um, actually gone through. He did actually put through the the, the ones on a couple of on those people. officials. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he did. He put... They did, but they're laughing. Right. They're, they're like, Super oh, weak and oh, in no way it's going to change their behavior. We can still use our banks. We can still use our banking system. We can still bank globally. Mm-hmm. That's Those are the kind of sanctions that actually cripple an economy. Yeah. And they'll be like, uh, well, th- what, are the, what are the sanctions that they put on them? Do you know at all? It's just uh, uh, sanctions on a couple of Turkish officials mm. um, as people instead of institutions. Yeah. Like they can't do business or something yeah. with like U.S. companies or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. You can't shop at Target. Yeah. <laughs> no I, I it's just uh and it, it, when you put sanctions on government officials and individuals that they, they just don't it just doesn't bite as hard as putting you know sanctions on full banks right especially when it seems like there are so many other vines that they've grown into other places that they could just send all of their other influence and power and money through anyway yeah and there might be sanctions forced uh because southern district of new york dropped a huge indictment on a turkish bank one that was involved in that you know um zarab reza zarab you know the the gold smuggler guy that was smuggling 10 billion dollars in golden cash to iran uh that apparently this bank this turkish bank um hulk hulk bank was involved in this as well and so now it's this whole scheme it's a conspiracy uh and they were laundering money and hiding it um basically selling oil to to iran and trying to get paid mm-hmm. um without being noticed circumventing Side u.s sanctions. sanctions yeah mm-hmm. so they they were um charged today it's a big thing and you know this this all goes back to when uh, giuliani tried to get tillerson to drop the case against zarab and maybe trade him for brunson who's this u.s pastor who turkey has they've been trying to trade him as a chip forever they tried to trade him for gulen mm-hmm. uh before gulen is the guy that they wanted that they tried to pay Mm-hmm. Uh, Flynn, $15 million to kidnap and fly home in the night. So this is, it's just all nuts. Um, and I feel like there's more that, on Flynn that's going to come out with this because he lobbied on behalf of Turkey with Bijan Kion. Mm-hmm. I don't know the, the timeline, the geopolitical timeline exactly, but I wonder if Flynn had not effectively sort of been caught in all of his dealings with Turkey, if this military action would have gone forward at a sooner point in time like when he threatened it last year yeah i don't know like maybe maybe his advisors were thinking you have to allow a certain amount of time between that flynn stuff or something and this at least for public opinion because how bad would that have looked if he if this all started to happen like right after a big gift for turkey right yeah when we were talking about that happened when we were talking about the, the in December when he was threatening to pull troops out of Syria and I'm like, ooh, this sounds like we're going to trade Gulen or mm-hmm. there's some sort of quid pro quo going on and here. And too many eyes would have been on it if they did it then. <laughs> yeah. I had, I, and we're still not clear as to what the quid is to the quo for Turkey. Right. Whether what they're getting. Whether it's a Putin deal or an Erdogan deal or a three-way deal or a four-way deal with Assad. I, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know. A lot of people are speculating it's because Trump has business dealings in Turkey, but I don't think it's big enough for that. Mm-hmm. I don't think his towers are big enough for that. Yeah, I agree. At a certain point, that's kind of like a, a self-limiting explanation for some of this stuff because it's just such a larger scale offense. I think it that could have to, to do with, you know, if you check out Rachel Maddow's book, Blowout, I think it has a lot to do with Russia oil. trying to do a pipeline, a lot of oil yeah. stuff. Um, Russia and, and Assad wanting the Syrian oil, Putin wanting to be in on it, Turkey having a thing about it. So, I, you know, I don't know. He um, says Syria on my phone, Siri Fanta. <laughs> oh, I Sir, said Siri. not available. <laughs> <laughs> Siri's like, you called, you rang? No, oh, Syria, Siri, Syria. I wonder if that's been happening a lot. With, Probably. With, yeah. 
And, you know, I, I hope somebody named Alexa has to testify mm-hmm. uh, on Capitol Hill soon. <laughs> so we have all of the AI going off in the, in the country at once. Yeah. Still no Pelosi. Um, no Pelosi. And how long do we have until? Oh, look, it's the warm up guy. Half, about it's half. It's the warm up guy on the debates. <laughs> when I say global, wow. you say warming. Global. Warming. Global. Warming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he looks funny. He looks like a great warm up comic. Oh, oh, God. oh, Ohio. Get your thinking caps. Get oh, your H. clapping hands on. <laughs> Everybody ready for some hot time mm-hmm. debates? Yee-hoo. Get your booing lips ready. Get your booing lips. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, okay, uh, sorry. I have more news on Turkey. Okay. Um, they they, they uh, pressed on Tuesday with their assault in northern Syria. And this is kind of, this is disheartening because... Uh, while the Russians back the Russian backed Syrian army rolled into Manjib, uh, a hotly contested city where U.S. troops once once patrolled with Turkish forces before it was abandoned mm-hmm. by Trump's retreat, um, and all the U.S. flags there have been taken down and replaced with Russian flags and oh, Syrian God. flags since the Kurds were forced to turn to Assad and Putin after Trump unraveled five years of strategic U.S. policy in a matter of two days. Damn, that's fast. Yeah. So all the American flags, we supported them. All the uh, flags have come down. They've been replaced with Russian flags. Such a volatile existence the folks in that region have. Yeah. And if you were at all wondering if Putin benefits from this at all, go look at all the Russian flags in Manjib. Um, Trump has also threatened to raise tariffs now and cease trade talks. As I told you before, nobody gives a fuck. He needs to sanction the banks if he wants actual economic leverage. But I assume he promised Erdogan he wouldn't do that. He's ineffective. He's impotent. He's sad. He's soft and wispy. He's an ass kiss. He'll never act on behalf of America. And it's infuriating. Uh, the, the, but the UN Security Council has announced it will meet Wednesday to discuss the Turkish assault on the Kurds in Syria. So we'll keep you posted on that. But if the US... Wednesday is in tomorrow? Yeah. Cool. Or today, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. In the morning. Yeah. And uh, we'll be right back. We still have more headlines. This episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Privacy.com. Privacy.com lets you buy things online using virtual card numbers instead of your actual card numbers, and that protects your identity and bank information from hackers. Every time we shop online, we're exposing our personal information to merchants and data partners, and that usually happens without our consent. And if you're shopping in an open Wi-Fi network or at a public gas station thing, your banking and credit card information are at risk from hackers. But Privacy.com is a free tool that helps us manage our finances online without sharing your actual personal and banking information. How it works is Privacy.com encrypts your info using virtual card numbers so your real banking information is hidden, and that way if something does happen, if someone does get one of those numbers, it's not your actual card. So you don't have to cancel your card, monitor it for fraud, uh, file fraud charges, and you don't have to change your card everywhere on every site that you have auto payments on if it gets compromised. And that's what sold me on privacy.com was the convenience and the security. But most of all, unlike credit cards, privacy.com does not sell your data to huge vendors. And we are very familiar with that information and what it can be used for. So head to privacy.com slash daily beans, D-A-I-L-Y-B-E-A-N-S to sign up and start shopping. A special treat for our listeners, new Customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. That's free cash to use on any online purchase. So go to privacy.com slash daily beans and sign up now. You'll be glad you did. So Parnas and Fruman, I wanted to kind of make a point of clarification. They are still in custody. They have not made bail. We reported Sunday night. They were unable to meet the conditions of their release, whether they don't have the million dollars or they... Oh, they have it. Or they're not (laughs) handing their shit over or they're... Flight, like they, there's some. I, I haven't seen. I don't know what the conditions of their bail are, but they're not meeting them. I guess this is a question about bail. When you're a high, you know, like a white collar criminal like this, um, is it doesn't have to be like obviously on your person, right? You can like make some calls to get the money out of, of your course. bank account and shit. Yeah. Okay. Because when I went to jail, they wouldn't let me do any such thing to get me out of my situation no they don't let you make phone calls they make it really difficult for you to get bail yeah and obviously no one has like a hundred or a million dollars on their person that and was it's a not a million question, dollars either it, that you can do they'll they'll do a percentage that you can like put right. up a hundred thousand and then your house or whatever yeah oh god 
whatever these fuckers deserve it i'm just thinking yeah. for other people <laughs> that have really unfairly high bills oh uh, people like us we can't put our houses up right for collateral for bail yeah i mean i guess you could yeah because but you know that's when they have the repo man come and get it yeah but like i only think my bail was like a thousand dollars or something oh, nice. i mean which is kind of a lot but i guess it was for a fucking speeding ticket so that's pretty dumb they probably set your bail at a hundred at ten thousand and let you pay ten percent of it so dumb uh yeah it is but then if you skip if you jump out then you owe 10 grand i think or something yeah like that. but if they can stand to make that much money off of you the the court system or the jail system then i'm sure they'll let you make as many phone calls as you need to to do that so yeah i bet there's other conditions of their bail that they just couldn't meet yeah that's something else mm-hmm. uh, we don't know what it is but they're still in lockup and that remains true as of tuesday according to buzzfeed but last night on Maddo, she opened the show by saying they were out on bail and i scrambled on the reporting but confirmed it with folks i know and my latest information and, and some public reporting that they were still locked up uh as we had reported the night before um i was ready to put a, to put a correction out but by the end of Maddo, she had gotten a call from southern district confirming what we had heard um, that they were still in jail. They hadn't met their bail. But man, that freaked me out for a second because <laughs> I, I, first of all, I really didn't want them to be out on bail. They're an obvious flight risk. But second of all, that would have been a big mistake. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, that 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 happened. So they they have not met the conditions of their bail. Wonder what other conditions there could be. Uh, yeah, I don't. I have no idea. Maybe like house arrest or something, and they're not willing to do. Th- I don't know. You know what like, I bet it could give be me something liberty like, or give me jail cells <laughs> you know what i bet it could be is like if they're putting their houses up maybe they can't prove that they own them or maybe they can't maybe they aren't able to give the collateral that they need to give and in, in case they don't have the cash because their cash may have dried up because now they're under highly highly you know scrutiny yeah and in, investigations into their finances so that that money that Fertosh maybe was depositing in whatever bank account might be gone right or if all their bank accounts are overseas I imagine you can't funnel overseas money <laughs> for your. To can you post use your foreign bail? money to post bail? I don't know if there's a rule against that. Yeah, can I use my can I use my launder dollars here? <laughs> <laughs> launder tokens <laughs> coming on Bitcoin. <laughs> they're worth one half of regular money. Uh-huh. So that's what it costs because to clean they're it. morally reprehensible. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and late breaking news. I think that worked on the East Coast. <laughs> Giuliani's lawyer, John Sale, uh, wrote a letter to the House Intelligence Committee that Rudy won't comply with the subpoena for two years worth of documents, saying the subpoena was overbroad, which isn't a word, (laughs) uh, unduly burdensome and seeks documents beyond the scope of legitimate inquiry. He's also invoking attorney client privilege. We called that. Um, they also say, remember, we're like, Giuliani is just going to say everything that he says uh-huh. is, is attorney-client privilege. He's uh-huh. also, uh, they, <laughs> they also say they don't feel like it's constitutional, <laughs> but failed to cite any case law or give any legitimate legal argument. It just feels yeah, unconstitutional. Yeah, they just have that kind of sixth sense yeah. for these things. Just feels. Mm-hmm. They have a special fifth sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mean girls. Um, it's like I have ESPN or something. <laughs> And the Office of Management and Budget is also refusing to comply. And this bums me out. I was hoping the Office of Management and Budget uh, guy would be like legit. He'd be like a like a Volker, Bill Taylor, Fiona Hill, not a Lewandowski, Sunland, uh, Yeah, Giuliani. he's clearly a Trump sympathizer to his core. Ugh, it's so gross. Um, because basically uh what he's saying is he well here he, he has a quote here he says we will not be participating in a sham process designed to relitigate the last election i don't know why they think this has to do with undoing 2016 yeah also we're impeaching the presidency the- was never litigated <laughs> yeah you can't relitigate something yeah and just nitpicking here this is ukraine stuff mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with you're trying to relitigate 2016 by making it look like Ukraine did it instead of the Russians. If anyone's trying to relitigate 2016, it's them. But yeah, we're not going to the sham process. That's Russ Vaught, the OMB acting director. Of course, there's no permanent directors anywhere. Yeah, it's also 2019. So how much time has to pass before they're going to stop saying that it's always trying to relitigate the presidency? Yeah, no, we're literally not trying to do that. We're... Uh, 
why even bother explaining it to him yeah top democrats are meeting right now behind closed doors still haven't seen nancy pelosi poke her head out so six more weeks of winter <laughs> um no they're meeting that they want to discuss whether they're going to have a house floor uh, vote vote full floor vote on impeachment um the impeachment resolution because this is the whole one argument that trump has is it's not real impeachment it's not legitimate because you haven't done a ha- vote even though it's not required by the constitution um there there are pros and cons to it I personally think she should give Beryl Howell a minute to see if she rules on the Mueller grand jury material case filed by the House Judiciary. Yes, that could be appealed and tied up for months. But if it's appealed, they're not appealing the illegitimacy of the impeachment. They're appealing whether the grand jury material can be handed over to Congress. The decision by Beryl Howell will say whether, you know, if if she allows this grand jury material to be handed over, that is a federal court legitimizing the the impeachment. Yeah, wouldn't their argument just be, though, that the if the consequence of that decision is to legitimize the impeachment process, then to question that ruling would be to question... Yeah, the only that. way to really shut them up is to hold the vote. Yeah. And so that's one of the pros of holding the vote. Yeah, but we're it's like we're going to get the vote. We already know that in the mm-hmm. House. Yeah, but then you're going to have to have some Democrats who might not want to put their name on it, put their name on it, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And you also, like I said, open the door to Republicans adding rules. Yeah. We want subpoena power. And then the Democrats would say no. And then the Republicans would be able to say, see, no due process. You're not. It's not fair. They won't let us subpoena Joe Biden's uncle who, you know, whatever. It's it's a a lose lose situation on a vote. I was thinking don't vote and don't even invite that argument in the first place. Mm -hmm. But then we have the argument of whether or not it's a legitimate inquiry, which it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I it definitely is. And I also wonder if they're the Dems are just kind of trying to wait since day by day, the news is changing so much, maybe in a couple days from now, the news will be at a point where more Republicans will turn and they can confidently go through with the vote and think that they can come to some fair rules moving forward with impeachment, because maybe finally <laughs> they will understand how necessary this is. That's such a good point, because the moose the, the is moving <laughs> so fast. <laughs> Um, that by by tomorrow, fuck, there could be some other stunning testimony or detail or whatever. Yeah, and I talked to uh, Greg Oliar, who's joining us in Boston on November seventh, and he's like, "Do you think Trump will still be president by then?" And I'm like, "My God, that's actually a legitimate possibility." Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he will be. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, he's not a resigning type, but yeah, <laughs> and I don't think we'll get the grand jury materials by then. Um, but uh, I I honestly think the grand jury materials are. are where you could do a finishing move god i really wish someone could like slip molly into his water or something (laughs) just some some kind of just (gasps) drug that makes you like get out of your own ego just for a second truly yeah just if any of if any of his close advisors are listening you should just slip him drugs shroom him yeah shroom him but it's gonna have to be microdosing on a consistent basis to get the desired results yeah i don't know one big giant dose might do it yeah uh, I don't mean to make light of how horrible he is as a person or the power of drugs. I don't know if drugs can turn a person like Donald Trump. <laughs> you know what? I don't know either. I don't know. I can't say whether if I didn't do mushrooms in, in you know, in the 11th grade that I would have turned out like Trump. I can't say. Yeah. Well, look, I'm just going off of what I've read in these new age therapy articles. They're looking to shrooms. They're looking to controlled Molly things because it makes you have increased empathy and yeah, understanding and, of your own emotions and others. And we are looking. Um, I would really like to look at um, microdosing for veterans with PTS. 100%. Yeah. Honestly, full disclosure, I don't even do that many drugs, really. No. I mean, I did a, a little bit in college, but not really. Now, yeah. I'm more of just a weed guy, you weed, know? A weed guy? I'm a, I'm a weed guy. Anyway, my point is that <laughs> uh, if any amount of reflection were possible for Donald Trump, he would have had it by now, and he doesn't, so it's not going to happen. I can't, I can't imagine making it to 74 and having and to then do having shrooms to heart. have that kind of uh, yeah yeah although i had a uh, just a quick anecdote my grandfather was a was a pastor for like pretty much his entire life and then he turned away from the church and became an atheist like in his 50s yeah so you can you can have pretty drastic changes of, of lifestyle and and mindset and more. once the once the testosterone starts dropping yeah low t sets in yeah he wrote this amazing piece on like god i wonder if trump why? takes tea Oh, God. I don't know. Gross. Mm. He's taking something. Carrots. Sudafed. I know that. Carrot pills. (laughs) (laughs) Taking carrot pills. Did you get those clothes at the toilet store? (laughs) 
Um, let's see. What else do we have before we get out of here? George Kent testified behind closed doors in the impeachment inquiry for over 10 hours today again about uh, rogue shadow diplomacy led by Giuliani. So Kent seems like a Fiona Hill, uh, Yovanovitch, Volker type and not a Lewandowski, Sunlin, Giuliani type. So he testified for 10 hours. Uh, Kent is the deputy assistant secretary of state, and he's the most senior ranking current member of the Trump administration to give testimony so far in the impeachment inquiry. He raised concerns earlier in the year about Giuliani trying to undercut Marie Ivanovich. Kent is a career foreign service official who formerly served in the U.S. embassy in Kiev before moving to the State Department. So he's really close with Yovanovitch because that was her post, her outpost there. Uh, we don't have a lot of details yet about what his testimony contained, but I'm guessing he would have been supportive of Yovanovitch. Uh, before Zelensky was inaugurated, Kent warned Zelensky about meeting with Giuliani. Uh, and cautioned him not to make any promises to Giuliani. The GOP likely focused their questions um, of of Kent on Hunter Biden's dealings in Ukraine. I'm sure that's been what's been happening with the Republican side this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the GOP, like I said, they, they want to talk about Biden and Burisma and the corruption that doesn't exist. No one has produced a shred of evidence of any wrongdoing by Biden. Um, let's get social. Hashtag. Guys, the hashtag tonight is hashtag Dem Debate. Uh, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to hang in. Uh, the last three that we've watched, I, I the first one I watched the whole way and I, I power tweeted through it like a champ. The second one I got like 20 minutes and I'm like, I can't do this again. There's too many people on the stage. There are 12 people up there tonight and I don't think I'm going to make it very far. I feel like we'll be able to get the highlights um, through the news. You'll be able to get the highlights through us. So... I don't know. I'm going to stick around for the opening statements and see if they talk about impeachment, but that's probably all I'm sticking around for. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, we were talking about this um, off air. I think that they're probably going to start with impeachment, just kind of get that out of the way and then go into the issues. Or if they want to use it as some sort of rally cry, then they'll put it towards the end. But we also did our breakdown thinking they're going to spend, what, like an hour, an hour on healthcare, an hour on, well, what else do we think they're going to spend an hour on? Uh, The environment. You think so? Yeah, they did. They did last time. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to switch it up though a little bit. They might. They five might. minutes on guns. Five minutes on guns. Five minutes on guns. Five minutes on women's uh, rights. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I wonder how much they'll talk about LGBTQIA issues since they just did the town hall. Um, but there's just all those gay, important- lesbian, transgender, <laughs> transgender queefs. queefs. <laughs> That was from Saturday Night Live. That's not us. Yeah, no, that was Woody Harrelson as Joe Biden. I can't stop oh my! I know, I know. I was like, after I watched it, I, I could not get that out of my head. It's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah, they just did a whole big town hall on that, so they probably uh, will tackle that and and equal rights, justice reform, mm-hmm. um, and stuff like that. I bet they'll go back into the topic too of like, just racial competency training in law enforcement and the justice system because of the recent shootings yes and, and because of Buttigieg's sort of i feel like he has a forever tie to that topic because of the scrutiny he yep, was facing in his hometown yeah and then kamala also for Being her record yeah and it's obviously a persistent issue in our country that is not fucking going away but did you watch the dallas press conference or the fort worth press conference I following. read it it was like one of it's one of the so most rem- it was the most remorseful I've personally seen a trio of like a I forget what the other guy was like a city he wasn't a city councilman he was like higher up than that like a control I don't know I don't remember but there was the chief of police the acting chief of police and the mayor and they were both trying to distance themselves a lot, obviously, from Aaron Deans, I think is his name, the officer who killed her, yeah. um, Atatiana. But they were also just, they seemed to be, like, truly, like, remorseful just for the fact, and embarrassed and they ought to that be. that I mean, happened have you seen under the them. Video, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not to say... And I think they acknowledge that as well. You know, like, we know that this apology does not come close to making this right at all whatsoever, but we just want you all to know that we take this incredibly seriously and we're going to try to get an independent investigator in as quick as we can. But apparently... He was arrested. He was charged with murder. He was arrested and charged with murder. I believe so. Oh, good. Okay, because I only saw that town hall, I think, two... Or not town hall, the press conference, like, yesterday. 
it's a tatiana right a tatiana yeah um but i i did i did just see like a kind of she it seems like a changing of the tides a little bit at least and how these officials are handling these press conferences instead of being total pieces of shit that try to say like well we're gonna go through our investigation and we're gonna see what comes of it and you know we trust that our officers are trained and we'll see what ha- it, like there was none of that shit it was like 100 percent we were gonna fire him because there's no way in hell that this even remotely came close to following what we teach them in the academy this is what we're talking but, about right yeah fort worth police officer who fatally shot out tatiana jefferson charged with murder great yeah awesome the booking came just hours after aaron dean resigned okay from the fort worth police department yeah yeah the chief of police was saying he was going to fire him but by the point that he was there to layer was going to fire him he had already put in his letter of resignation which seems like a moot point when you probably know that you're about to get arrested and charged with murder but i'm glad he went through the administrative process of making it official yeah totally piece of shit anyway as of the end of this podcast no nancy pelosi um and we'll watch the first uh, few minutes of the debate you'll probably get this after the debate and i'm sure you'll have a lot to say uh we'll see you on twitter at daily beans pod do you have any final thoughts um no have a good night yes and, have a good and night. day <laughs> have a good One night depending day. on when you listen to this yeah that's true it does come out in the morning uh, unless you're a patron you get it the night before you get it early and you get it ad free if you want to be a patron sign up three bucks and you get both shows and all sorts of stuff free stuff uh including ad free early episodes so that's patreon.com slash the daily beans pod or just i just actually i think it's just patreon.com slash the daily beans uh anyway that's it take care of yourself take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health seriously today especially during this debate because it's going to wear thin on you i've been ag i've been jordan coburn and them's the beans the daily beans is produced by ag featuring jaleesa johnson and jordan coburn and engineered and edited by mackenzie mazell and starburns industries our marketing manager is sarah lee steiner and our merchandising manager is sarah hirschberger valencia fact checking and research by ag jaleesa johnson and jordan coburn with executive assistance by amanda reader our music is written and performed by they might be giants our web design and branding are by joel reader with moxie design studios and our website is dailybeanspod.com <laughs>